figuring out the why of what you're doing. Is it something God's mm. called you to do? Have you called yourself to it and asking God to bless it? No, that it can is. get us in trouble. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim, two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation. Hey, welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Today, we are talking about burnout. Yay. Yay. We love burnout. Burnout. Like, really exciting. Like a car burnout? Is yeah, that car, car burnouts. Fast, fast 10. We're talking yeah, about the movie 10. that so I have We're going to dissect the new movie. It's going to be great. No, we're talking about you and how you get burnout in life, how you get burnout at your job, and how we've both experienced burnout before. And so we want to we want to dive into what we've experienced personally. We want you to be able to be in a position where you can think through that as well. And then we want to talk to talk to you about how do we manage that. Uh, how do we learn from from past experiences and how do we manage future uh, situations of burnout and prepare and not just be reactive, but be proactive and all that? And then also, how do we manage people you know, at work, whether you're in ministry or not? How do we manage people and make sure that they're not getting burned out either? So, Tim, I, t- tell us a little bit about you and a moment where maybe you got burned out. Oh, man. So... Working in retail for 24 years, there's a lot of seasons of burnout. Uh, There's a (laughs) lot of seasons with intense workload and questioning why you're even here. And when for me, when I knew that I was facing burnout is when I would start my day, I'd get to the store, unlock the doors, and already feel stressed and want to go home. (laughs) That's (laughs) without anything having happened. That's how I knew I'm in a season of burnout is when I can't even get through like the first customer coming (laughs) in the building until I'm already starting to be like, where's the clock? I need to go home. (laughs) How long have I been here? 11 minutes? That's it? Oh, exactly. (laughs) And so I I think for me, you know, my whole story I've shared, you know, coming out of of retail and the ministry and and what that looked like and, and not knowing that was the end goal that God had for me. At some point, burnout just means that you need to continue doing what you're doing until something opens up. Because if you start jumping uh, with your feelings and jumping on the next thing that looks appealing, that can lead to more problems. Uh, And I'm not risk taker at heart. And so for me, that's why I was at a job for 24 years. Uh, But also, uh, some of it has to do with your personality. And some of it has to do with what is the best thing for my family? Like, am I going to start doing these crazy schemes and plans that uh, are going to themselves burn out in three months and put myself at greater risk financially and the peace of my family. So some of burnout is just staying the course until something else opens up. And some of it is figuring out the why of what you're doing. Is it something God's Mm. called you to do? Have you called yourself to it and asking God to bless it? That can get us in trouble. I tweeted recently, I listened to uh, Kerry Newhoff podcast, highly recommend his podcast. He had John Gordon on John Gordon said, you don't get burned out by what you do. You get burned out by forgetting why you do it. Absolutely. You don't get burned out by what you do. You get burned out by forgetting why you're doing it. And that is so profound in so many levels because forgetting the whys of not just your job, but why you're working for your family, for a better life, for whatever that reason is, forgetting why you're in ministry, forgetting the whys of 
ultimately who we're working for, do all things as unto the Lord, the Bible says. And so even if you're mopping floors or cleaning toilets at your job, you're doing it for Jesus, ultimately. Yeah, We yep. do all things for him. That's ultimately our main why. And there's other whys as well. But when we forget the why and we just focus on the day-to-day job or the angry customers or the boss we hate, then we start getting burned out when that is repeated over and over. It's not just, you don't just get burned out in one day, you get burned out repeatedly doing it over and over and forgetting the whys of why you're doing it. So what about a story for you, Drew? When have you been burned out? Well, one time in particular was pretty bad and it was recent. It's within the last three years. So I had had this stint in ministry where I'd been to several churches, just fully committed, fully believe, still believe that God was was bringing me uh, to those churches to work with those specific people. And the tension of the integrity of the gospel balanced with continuing to do your job and get paid. Mm was such a mental and physical weight. It just destroyed me so slowly, but so surely over time. So I had one church where a pastor decided we were going to start it. We're essentially starting a church. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we, we started church and things were just going so well. We had nine people at our first interest meeting, 43 at our first Sunday. And eight months later, we were in the 230s. We had seen growth like only God could do. It was incredible. And then out of nowhere, the pastor was like, hey, because of some marital stuff, I got to go. So I'm like, (laughs) like now? Now? He's like, yeah, I'm going to announce it on stage. It's like, now? You want to do this now? So he announces it, splits our attendance in in more than half. I'm not the pastor. I'm a young guy at that point. New guy comes in, changes everything, changes the vision, changes what the church was even built and aspiring to be, what we felt like God was calling us to, and just completely just, you know, changed, changed the game. Yeah. Next church, sell out to a vision sell out again to to pastors uh what he feels like God's calling him to two years later mental breakdown leaves uh next next leader uh again questionably just did some things as a leader that puts you in an uncomfortable situation uh that that doesn't align with with Jesus and uh and then then we have uh the final one which was I get hired and a couple months into the hire, a uh, pastor lets me know that he's leaving his wife, hmm. Wow! but he's going to stay the pastor. Don't worry. He's going to stay the pastor. Hmm. And I was a campus pastor at the time. So, so in all these situations, battling the integrity of this is what I know the gospel is. This is what I know I'm called here to do. And now either that's not the calling on the church. So my calling hasn't changed. What God is calling me into hasn't changed, but now the calling of the church has changed or the leadership of the church has changed. And now we don't align. Yeah. Or I align really well with the leadership, 
but they don't align with <laughs> with scripture now because yeah. something's changed in their life. So it was really it was really challenging, and you know I really wasn't in a position of putting all my weight in a per, in a person or a human being because I, you know that might be the first that was the first thought that crossed my mind in all these situations it was like okay have I put too much like faith in a human being now that person has failed me and I'm I've replaced God I've replaced Jesus with this person but that that wasn't it it was the tension of am I supposed to stay if this is happening. Mm, yeah. If X, Y, and Z is happening, especially with the last place, I mean, if the guy is leaving his wife and I'm supposed to tell people that marriage is important and family is important and this guy can't manage his own family, but he can manage a, you know, thousand, three thousand person church. Like, yeah. I don't think that's biblical. So the the integrity thing really weighed on me a lot. I, I do everything I can to be as transparent and open and honest as I possibly can be in leadership. I don't I don't try to string anybody along. I don't try to string employees along. I, I try to be upfront and and tell people what I'm thinking and where we're going and what we're doing. And I try to point everybody to Jesus that I can. Cause I just I, you know, life's too short to do anything else. And and so when you have somebody then that you're working with in consistent situations that's faking it, it's so hard. Yeah. I walked away from the best salary I've ever made walked away from the best without a doubt the best staff I've ever been around like to this day I would I would just absolutely love to have those people back walked away from so many good people so many good opportunities and even selfishly from like a s- status standpoint like I was I was finally at a place where I knew I needed to be and wanted to be, and I wanted to achieve it. And I wanted to know that I could accomplish being a campus pastor, growing a campus, things like that. And I was just, everything was right. And that's what made it so hard. Everything was right, except the integrity of the gospel. Mm. So I walked away, I walked away, but, but, you know, for, for months carrying around that burden Mm -hmm. of, well, you know, look, man, God's still moving. Look, man, you're still around good people. Look, man, things are, you know, you're still, you're still good. You're, you're providing for your family. It's just, Hey, just look at it as a job. You know, like yeah. you, you have all these internal narratives and then you're like, but this isn't biblical. And so you walk away and eventually you get to a point where you're just like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. So I had, I had eight months where I said, I'm done, I'm done with ministry. I'm done with putting faith into anyone's vision. I'm done working at churches. I'm just done. I'm just done. And eight months later, I became a lead pastor. (laughs) (laughs) God's humor, huh? Yeah. 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 And so now, now uh, I try to make sure I don't make the same mistakes. And I try to make sure that everything I do, I'm not trying to be something. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just, I'm just trying to point people to Jesus, man. And I really don't care how many people we have, you know, I've seen churches of, of nine be effective. I've seen churches of 38,000 be effective Yeah, and everything in between. So for me, it's like, this is me, this is who I am. But my number one goal is for me and my family to be healthy. Because if me and my family 
are healthy, then the people I'm caring for, I'll make sure that them and their families are healthy and the people they're caring for will make sure their families are healthy and so on and so forth. And even if we only have a couple hundred people at this church, if we have faithful and we have healthy families, that right there makes an impact for generations to come. So that's, that's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. I was thinking when you were talking about how burnout can hit us externally and also internally and how, when you think of externally, we're talking about our job as a whole, and then also other people that can cause us to feel burnout, which all of it impacts us internally one way or another, but there's things internally that may have nothing to do with our people around us or our job. Oh yeah. We have sin. If if we're not, you know, decompressing and finding ways to, to unwind and to be healthy in our spiritual walk with Christ. Uh, those can impact us internally and burnout, but externally, like what do you do when things are out of your control and you're feeling burnout, let's say at a job or like, you know, with bosses that are not doing what they're supposed to, how do you maintain that feeling of not burning out despite the fact of things you can't control, which puts us right. in a place of like, I feel like I'm out of control. I feel like I'm heading towards the burnout, which like I said before, burnout doesn't happen immediately. It's a consistent pattern oh, yeah. that happens over and over without renewal. Think of like a, a fire going out. If you're not constantly putting a log on the fire, eventually oh, yeah. it will go out. It will burn out. Uh, even Romans 11 says, don't burn out, keep yourselves fueled and aflame, be alert servants of the master. Um, that's a message version, but that, that's the version that has burnout in it. That's something that yep. keep ourselves on fire, keep our fire burning. Uh, even Paul told the Ephesians, awake, awake, O sleeper and rise from the dead and Christ will give you life. He's talking to Christians to stay aflame, stay on fire. Right. And we have to be cautious because even as Christians, we can burn out both in our spiritual walk. And and so, so speak to that, Drew, uh, if, if someone's dealing with external circumstances that are out of their control, yeah. how do they keep those from allowing them to be burned out? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is you got to be proactive. So that means you don't, you don't wait for the burnout to set in and then go, man, I really got to do something here. Right. If you're at that point, like if you're listening to this and you're like, well, great, Drew, I'm, I'm already there. Okay, well, hold on. I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay. But starting out, you want to be proactive, which means you got to lead yourself really well. The hardest person to lead is yourself because, man, the way you talk to yourself and the way I talk to myself, there ain't nothing good about that. Yeah. So we have to do a better job of leading ourselves and not be reactionary to our circumstances, but really be proactive. So for me, it's going to be different for different people. But for me, I do that through quiet time with Jesus. I do that through different podcasts that I listen to. I do that through different people I connect with during the week that are outside of my circumstance. I think that's really important because you know what happens if you start connecting with people inside your circumstance, that will just lead to gossip and you will just bury yourself in that narrative. So uh, every week to this day, I connect with people that are outside of the ministry world. I don't want to talk about the deepest we get is house church going. I'm like, good, man. How's (laughs) your job going? Good. And then we just talk about anything other than his job And my church, we just do. So you've got to have somebody outside of what you do that you talk to. I think that's really important. I think that you need to figure out how you 
best can lead yourself, whether that's through a podcast, whether that's through reading a book, whether that's through, honestly, whether that's through just sitting for a moment in silence and just like breathing. Okay. Yeah. If you want to call it meditation, that's fine. I, I don't, I don't meditate, but I, I spend moments sometimes before I go pick up my kids from school, mm-hmm. just breathing. <laughs> because I know that I'm about to shift from like this worker to now I'm dad mode. Yeah. Right. So I just need a pause, whatever that is for you. You've got to, you've got to decide what that's going to be. You've got to work at it and you've got to put the time in. If not, you're not going to be able to stay in the ring very long. It's not going to be a quick, it's not going to be a long fight. Yeah. And that's, that's a problem because life's long. Like life's life short, but life's long. Yeah. And if you're not going to get burned out, you got to lead yourself. Well, the other thing you got to do, just like you mentioned, you got to keep the why in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe you can get through any what if your why is strong enough. Yep. Yes, you can. So you have to establish what your why is. Write your own vision statement. You know, figure out what that is for you. For me, and I've gone through different seasons of life of, of what my why is. I spoke in a previous episode about uh, a kid named Anthony. If you want the whole story, you need to go back. What Do we remember what episode that was on that I talked about, Anthony? It was two or three episodes before this one, but I don't remember yeah. the, t- the name of it. But I went deeper into this story, but there's this, there's this kid, Anthony, that, I've, that I knew when I was in high school and uh, invited him to church. It was kind of a missed opportunity. And to this day, like I think about people that are close to me and far from God that need to know Jesus. And that's what I serve through. That's what I work through. When when a day rolls around like this morning where I'm message prepping and I'm like, I'm, I'm, my eyes are so tired that I, I'm having a tough time even reading through my message. It's like, nah, like what if, what if somebody comes in this week that needs to hear this? Yeah. Like, oh man, my wife's, my wife's strong now. My eyes are alert. I'm good now. Like, I'm good. Let's read through this. Let's work through it. So you got to learn what your why is in different seasons. That can be a person. It can be a saying. You know, the other thing that that's really valuable when you write out something like a, a, a why statement is when you get into these negative narratives, you can start saying those things over your life. And so if you want to go biblical, go biblical, memorize scripture, combat what what you're telling yourself and the, and what you're seeing around you in your situation with scripture that's always going to be a healthy way for me right now there are several times during the day where i talk about what kind of leader i am because if i talk about what kind of leader i am or at least aspiring to be then mm-hmm. i will put in the action steps and i will put in the disciplines that speak to getting to that place So if I'm going to be a bold, consistent, disciplined, forward-thinking, and intense leader who surrenders each day to Christ, then that means I've got to do some things. And so that means I got to wake up on time and don't waste time. I've got to serve my family and control my tongue. And that means that I've got to point others to Christ. Yeah. And I say that, like what I just said, I say that to myself multiple times a day. So for, for you, if, if, if anyone's wondering, like, how do I combat burnout? You've got to get disciplines in your life. You've got to establish what your why is. You've got to be proactive in leading yourself. And, and you've got to have some time where you're either just breathing or you're at the gym and you're really just taking some time for yourself to go, all right, like I can do this. This is what God says about me. I'm ready. I'm geared up. This is who yeah. I am and power through because it's a fight so you're telling me it's work 
Is there a quick fix I can do, like a pill I can take or something to just avoid yeah. burnout? <laughs> yeah. So the quick fix is you quitting and not having any money. Right. Yeah. That's and the I, that's the quick fix. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how, you know, the things we know we're supposed to do, oftentimes we want to escape and find other ways to deal with it. And that you'll find that too. If you're going through burnout, you're going to look for quick fixes. You're going to look for things that are appealing, that give you a release, that allow you to feel other feelings besides dealing with the things that you're actually needing to deal with. And that's where sin comes in. You can think of all the sins that start to look appealing when mm -hmm. you know, you're know you not dealing with marriage problems. And so then this other person that's talking to you looks pretty appealing in the moment because you don't want to deal with the, the root issue that's at play is that you're not honoring yep. your spouse. And so burnout will come and it's like, oh man, their, their marriage just fell apart overnight. No, it didn't. Like no, marriages don't just fall apart overnight. You don't go through burnout overnight. It's through consistently ignoring the warning signs. Um, right. And it's when we keep our eyes off of Jesus that we start to go into problems. And uh, Jesus even said, you know, cast your yoke upon me. My burden is easy. I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Matthew 11, 28. Yep. And we, I've read that before, and I think like, how could his yoke be easy, right? That there's so many problems in life. Christianity yep. is hard. Church is hard. How could the yoke of Christ be easy? And when you think right. of what a yoke is, when oxen are yoked together, they're joined together so that they can go right. further together than they could individually. And so when we're yoked with Christ, it's not that life is, quote, easy all of a sudden it's that we're connected to the source of life who's yoked right. with us who goes allows us to go further together than we could on our own separately that's what he means by connect with me the the source of life what your soul actually needs right. and it's through consistency it's through consistency it's not just yeah i'm going through burnout i tried praying it didn't work and now i'm going to go back <laughs> to this thing right it's no right. We'll do it for for months at a right. time. Yeah. Do it until you see that breakthrough. How bad do you want it? I saw this quote too from Eisenhower. He's talking about war. There's no victories at bargain prices, he said. And I love that because in our spiritual walk, there's no victories at bargain prices. I want freedom from sexual sin. I want freedom in my marriage. I want freedom at work. I want to feel all these things and connected with God. There's no quick fix. There's no bargain right. method. It's the tried and true method of spiritual formation that happens over time. Uh, and so as long as you're on the right path, right, look at at the fruit of what you're doing and the progress. Don't look at the end result. Like keep the end result as right. a, as a why and how you're going to get there, but also look at the progress that you're making and be encouraged by that. And if you're not making progress, if you feel like you're going backwards, that's the time to to wave the flag, get help, be in accountability with people, That's right. start to dig into your routines. Because even if you're in a cycle, and I've been in this cycle where you wake up, you have an hour drive, you work for 10, 11, 12 hours, you come home, another hour drive, and then you have barely have time to eat, to do any chores around the house, to see the kids, then they're yep. in bed and you just rinse and repeat. I've been yep. in that cycle. I worked hour, hour and a half away uh, for five years. And those seasons of life are harder than others, and it's easier to get burned out when you do that. But at the same time, you have to be intentional that, all right, this is a season. This won't last forever. I need right. to be, if I have 15 minutes after the kids are in bed, I'm going to use that 15 minutes wisely. 
that doesn't mean either. Like I'm, some of my ways to deal with, with stress is to play video games or to watch right. something crazy, you know, a Netflix thing or a, a new show, but also do it in moderation, right? I'm not going to spend four right. hours on it. I'm not going to do it at the expense of my family or the expense of my spiritual connection right. with God. But there are important ways, like on days off, what are you doing to uh, re regenerate, to, to renew yourself? Take vacations. It was hard for me in retail to take vacations. We, we did anyway, but take time away, take ways to engage with God, with nature, with uh, connection with your family, but also don't just live for the, the vacation trip either, right? Right. If you're so burned out that you're just crawling into a vacation two weeks, or you know, maybe it's a week. And then you're back at the grind and you're going to get burned out until the next vacation. Like that's yeah. not the way to live either. It's not healthy. Right? No. You need both. You do. And it needs to, the, the key word there is intentional. You know, you need to know, you know, you need to know what you need. Yeah. And then you need to recognize that whatever that, whatever that vacation is or whatever that time away is, that that's what it's there uh, for. That's what it's there to do. I love what you said about you know, just digging in a little bit and and it's not just a one-time thing. It's not like a one-time prayer or whatever. One of the things that sometimes people will just assume about pastors is when they like write a sermon or something that like God just speaks to them and God just gives them a sermon. You know, they just spend time in prayer and then, you know, they they just write a sermon. And it's it's very much digging. It's like going out in the backyard with a shovel and digging a hole. And after you're you're sweating and your hands are blistered and you're like, oh my goodness, like this ground could not be harder. Then you're like, all right, now my sermon's done. <laughs> now my sermon's done and my back hurts and I'm tired and I just want to go lay down. It is, it's digging. When you're battling burnout, it's that. Like you said, it's not just a prayer where you're like, oh, God has, God's really centered me. God's he healed me. I, I think I'm better now. No, mm -hmm. like. It's going to take time and it's it, it's a fight. You got to put the effort in. And sometimes whatever you put the effort in towards first, that might not be what solves it, but it might be what leads you to doing something else or something else that, that then solves it. I'm curious, Tim, you know, when we talked about our burnout situations, I know for you, yours was very much like physical, mental, yeah. the grind, Mm -hmm. came from a workplace standpoint. Mine was very much like ministry, integrity. What do I stand for? So, you know, still both of us carrying the burden, but in, in different aspects, how long did you go through your process of battling that burnout? And for you specifically, like, what did what did you do? Like, what were the actionable things that you were like, all right, if I'm going to be able to like go another day, I have to do this. Yeah. There's different parts in my time in retail when I would just apply randomly to other jobs, right. And be like, this is the way out. This is what I need to do. Get a quick, quick answer this way. And, and no doors opened, or I would, you know, spend more time on, on casual things just to get my mind off of work. Um, yep. Even in the midst of like the burnout, I, I had a pretty good balance of not overworking. Granted, there were long days, long hours, but I mean, there were some people that would work 20 hour shifts and I would be like, I'm 10 hours, I'm out. Like, I'm not yeah. going there. Or I would be able to disconnect from work when I was home, which was a big thing. So even looking back, there were certain things I did to kind of keep whatever sanity was there, you know, but at the same time, looking at, the 
constant stress because in, in retail and business, it's always, what have you done for me lately? Can never rest yep. on what you did last week. And even like for the day that you're in, you you work a truck, you, you get it all stocked. And then it's like, oh, we got another one tomorrow, another one tomorrow. Like it's just constant. There's never like a, a, a time and you're always looking ahead. You're always looking ahead, like six months ahead at the next holiday, at the next season. So it really became hard to even enjoy like Christmas season, right? It's so stressful oh, and you're already looking ahead at January. Yeah. And so I found it really hard to just even enjoy going to see, right? Uh, Christmas lights or whatever with my kids or enjoy the, the, the one day I got off, you know, for the month and Christmas day. And, and it's like, I got to get back in the morning, wake up at 4 a.m. So, so looking back, it was really like key moments of just like trying to connect, but also realizing I was in a, a cycle where it became very hard to just with the nature of the job. And so, um, but the answer to burnout is not necessarily to change jobs. It might be, uh, it might be that you need to, to ask God that, is this really where I'm supposed to be? And is my why, uh, you know, centered along what you want? Because a lot of burnout comes from self-reliance upon oh, yeah. relying on herself in my own mind and the education I received and what I think I need for my future. Burnout comes from self-reliance and it also comes from lack of self-care. So if I'm not caring for myself, if I'm not caring for my my heart, my soul, my connection with God, like we talked about, uh, then we can lead down that path of burnout. And when burnout hits, uh, I've never been at the point where just crash and burn but going back to Kerry Newhoff again, he talks about his story of burnout. He has a lot of people on that talk about burnout. It's pretty intense. And it a life-changing event sometimes where your whole world comes crashing down. And you have to kind of rebuild. And that's what we're trying to avoid when we when we talk about these things. You're trying to avoid the, the worst case scenario, the thing that you don't right. see coming, the thing that has been brooding and building for months, but you can't see it because you're in the thick of it. And you might even have warnings from a, a pastor, a friend, a spouse telling you, but you're like, no, no, I'm good. I got it. You don't got it. Have you ever crashed and burned like that? Or how do you know when that's coming to the point where you can yeah. say like, all right, pump the brakes. Let's, let's figure out a different strategy. There was, there was one time I took a vacation and uh, day two of the vacation, I got incredibly ill. Mm. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, you just had a sinus infection and it knocked you on your tail. No, no, it was my body shutting down and telling me that this isn't healthy. Yeah. Um, this was this was uh, right after I had transitioned uh, to a new church. I was working at a new pace. I was determined to make sure everyone knew I could do what I was being asked to do and then some. Mm. And I was being also, not only was I putting in unhealthy hours, I was also being asked to work unhealthy hours. And it was it was beating me down. And then here comes the weekend. I just got to make it to the weekend. I'm getting a weekend off. Here it comes. I'm all good. And day two, I was in bed and I hurt and I ached and my mm. mind like my mind just shut down on me. Like wouldn't <laughs> like talk slower. I think slower. Like my whole body just needed a reset and a reboot. And then I went back to work and I worked for another 11 weeks and had a weekend off and my body did the exact same thing. Wow. And I don't get sick, bro. Like I don't get, yeah, I get little allergy things, but like I'm a pretty healthy dude. Um, other than, you know, eating sour patch and drinking some energy drinks every once in a while. 
And I just do that because, you know, genetics tell me I can. So (laughs) I just, I recognized immediately like, whoa, is this what I'm, is this it? This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm just going to be unhealthy. I'm just going to run around like a chicken with my head cut off all the time in the name of Jesus and in the name of my boss. And then just be sick when I'm supposed to be with my family. Like, it was rough. So I, I have gotten to some points where literally my body just couldn't do it anymore. But in the same respect, that led to some really good conversations that allowed me to go to my boss and be like, hey, yeah. I I don't think this is right where my family is right now. I don't think this is happening. Boss came back with basically suck it up, buttercup kind of <laughs> answers, which the way I'm wired in the stage of my life and being a dad and husband like that, that's not how you win with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a... I'm not a put some dirt on it and get in there kind of guy. I mean, I I, I am if we're playing baseball. I yeah. am if we're playing a sport, if we're trying to be healthy so that we can care and minister to others. Not really the way to go for me. So it led to me recognizing that I was in the wrong place. And, and, and that's a good thing because even though I was burned out to that extent, it allowed me to really get woken up and be like, wow, you know, as much as I love working here and as, as much as this is really a lot of fun, like this is unhealthy. Not sustainable. And I can't, yeah. right, not sustainable. And so I can't minister to people at this level. So if people are getting to that point and they're like, well, I don't see a way out. Yeah. I, you know, you can sustain for as long as you want, but yeah, you, know, you got to be, you got to be healthy. You got to get, get control of yourself, take mm-hmm. care of yourself and make sure you're in a good position to live life. Yeah, for sure. I think too, the, it is a different issue in ministry for pastors. Uh, And so I want to talk about sabbaticals real quick too, and the importance of them, because uh, the biggest eye-opening part of learning about this was a book I read called Leading on Empty from uh, Wayne Cordero, who uh, I've met him in person. He's a great guy. And uh, this book was just eye-opening on his burnout story. So he burned out in ministry and didn't realize that he needed, you know, time away and sabbaticals. And he actually went to a monastery for, I forgot how long, but it was a monastery where they didn't speak. And so he's in there doing stuff with them and just like complete silence. And he almost like, you know, goes crazy with just like the complete shift in what he was used to. Uh, And so anyway, what would I do there? (laughs) Well, that's the thing, you know, it's like, it's not, it was like an extreme answer to an extreme situation. Right. So anyway, I would highly encourage the book. I'm not going to go through all his story, but uh, the the thing with the sabbaticals too, as you know, is that pastors have to deal with a lot of things that people don't realize. So you might deal with a counseling married married couple with with infidelity. The next day you're doing a, a funeral. The next day you're you're celebrating a birth, and then the next day you're you're giving a sermon that you had hardly any time to prepare for, and then you just rinse and repeat, and you're living for Sunday, and you're living for you know the conflict, the backstabbing of Christians, and the gossip, and all these things that sometimes come with ministry, and many times do. Right. And so you know when when I dealt with a sabbatical, I was on the elder board. And uh, our senior pastor wanted to go. And a lot of comments I heard is like, oh, I don't get, I don't get a month off in my job. You know, that was kind of the, from certain people that didn't understand the heart of it. But first of all, do you want your pastor healthy? The answer should be yes. And so we have already talked on this episode of what happens when pastors are not healthy. Right. And so there's an attack on Ministry leaders, you look to take out the captains in a war and then the the sheep will scatter, you know, if you will. Uh, and so we have to make sure that our leadership is healthy. If you are over pastors or if you're a pastor yourself, that you are taking time away and not just living for a sabbatical once a year, 
or once uh, every seven years or so. But uh, having those those times to decompress, to talk with somebody, oftentimes it's the loneliest position at the top because you don't want to share what you're dealing with because then people you you think will judge you or they're in your church and then they're going to spread gossip right. and you've probably been hurt right. before from people that have done that. And so, like you said, find someone away from the church. You can talk Gotta to Got to get somebody anything. outside. Right. Absolutely. So. Anyway, I would say, you know, encourage your pastor to do that. If your pastor does go on vacation, like in the summer, like many do, please don't talk about, you know, how, oh, it must be nice. Like, ask to support them. Hey, I heard you going on vacation for two, three weeks. Like, is there a way I can step up? Can I do something around the church? Can I can I do yep. whatever? We have someone yep. in our church that just did that this summer. One of our pastors is on sabbatical. He's, he's coming in early. He's fixing stuff. He's cleaning stuff. He's doing whatever's asked of him. And I love that heart. And that's what we need to support our pastors, put them yeah. in a place where they can be successful because of our support and not just put them, you know, not just try to pull them down from a position and say like, oh, I told you so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many jobs you you have to deal with counseling a family who just lost a child on a Saturday and then turn around on Sunday and speak hope to everyone. Right. And I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not saying like my job's harder than yours. That's not that's not what I'm saying at all. Because it's to be honest with you, it's probably not. Like I, I you know, I'll just I'll just be real. It's it's probably not. But from a mental and heart level, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot needed to carry and hold the burdens of other people, the burdens of your own self, and still minister through that still preach through that, still guide through that. You know, ultimately, like you're expected at all times to be this full of joy, <laughs> loving pastor. I'm like, dude, sometimes I ain't feeling that way. Mm -hmm. I don't fake it, but sometimes I have to actionably be in a place of effort before I'm there and feeling. So sometimes on Sunday mornings, my hands are up in worship, not because I'm already there and hands are up in worship. Sometimes I force my body to get there so that my feelings will catch up. There you go. And so, yeah, I think it's really important that pastors get time away. I think it's, you know, they cut, golly, man, when a pastor comes back from either a sabbatical or a time away for about nine weeks, it's just awesome because mm -hmm. they're thinking so clearly. They've got new ideas, fresh ideas. You can just tell yeah. that, and they're like, they're almost like renewed to be in the ministry. It's like, right. it, it's the same feeling as like, if you hire a new student pastor and it's like his first time being in student ministry, like you get that guy, you yeah. know, who's comes into the first meeting. I've got this idea. We're going to call it this. This is what it's going to look like. You know, like you get that, you get that guy, yeah. but like seasoned. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I think it's really helpful. I, I am curious. You mentioned the sabbatical. So for me personally, I've never taken officially a sabbatical, although I think you could argue that the eight months before I took this position, there were probably some parts of that where I'm very much soul searching and, and spending uh, time with God in order to figure out what's next. Yeah. How often do you recommend a sabbatical? What's the length of time? Because I mean, I've heard I've heard everything from a, a pastor should get a sabbatical every seven years and it should be mm -hmm. for three months mm -hmm. to a pastor should get a sabbatical every 
three years and it should be for three weeks, you know? So I, I'm curious as to what you prescribe to. My personal opinion, I would say every seven years and then one and a half to three months, uh, okay. full sabbatical. Now within that seven year gap, then take at least like a full month either off or break it up into two weeks and two weeks, you know, so that you yep. do have that time away, not just like, oh, I'm taking a long weekend, but actually time away to decompress. And then that's a difference with like vacation versus sabbatical too, is like, you should be getting vision from God. Like you're not just tuned off spiritually, like you're actually getting right. filled up so that you can come back and instill vision and then process what happened over the past few years and then see what God's doing for the next few years ahead of you. Right. And so that's, that's a big difference between quote vacation, like vacation, you can turn off, like you can turn off everything, not yeah. check your emails, not call anybody at work. And then yeah, deal with the mess when you get back. But sabbatical is different in the vision building. And I would say too, like schedule it out, make sure that uh, it's not just for the senior pastor, but it's also for, you know, other people in ministry that are doing it full-time uh, to make yep. sure that it's, it's scheduled and that you encourage vacations at your church. And then also I would say a good balance too for senior pastors is to preach 60% of the time, 60 to 80, you know, it's going to be harder for others than it is uh, for some, but mm -hmm. when you are preaching 90 to 95% of every Sunday, it becomes very tough on, it does. on being able <laughs> to get that fresh vision because yeah. Like just for me, I don't preach that often. I preach once every two, three months. And like, I like to plan out three weeks in advance if I can, just to be able to really dive into the message. And I feel for you, like preaching every week almost, you know, it, it is <laughs> tough, like to be able yeah. to come up with fresh content and be able to plan it through and pray it through and and be able to speak it. And it is, it is a skill set. It is a gifting. It is something that uh, not everyone can do, but also um, going back to supporting your pastors, like they don't need your criticism. It's not that you can't bring up critical things. It's just that lead with encouragement. Like I can think of five, six, seven people at my church that are always encouraging. And I just love talking to them because no matter yeah. what you do, or you think you failed to just be like, Hey, great message today. It touched me by, you know, that God showed me this. Your pastors are human. They are fallible. They, they will fail you because only Jesus will not fail us. Um, right. So that's why they need our support and they need your encouragement. Yeah. For me, the, the fresh vision comes unexpected times. That's how God in this season is really patterned out what I'm doing and how he communicates that kind of stuff with me. Yeah. Um, because you're right. Like the main priority of the week is as a part-time pastor of a startup that is trying to, like you said, preach the majority of weeks. Cause we're not quite at the point where I can just be like, yep, we're out. Let's pay somebody mm -hmm. while I'm gone. It's it's challenging to just kind of repeat. Like you talked about when you were working and you would go home and you'd go to bed and you wake up the next morning and you're like, and now we've got another truck and another shipment. There's always another Sunday coming. Mm -hmm. You know, sun Sunday you preach and whether the message, ah, I'm not one of these guys that's like, ah, I felt that message went good. Ah, the message didn't go so good. Ah, the message. I honestly like, I just kind of learned from my dad. I don't put a lot of weight in it. Like I know what, how much I, how much time I spent during the week, how much time of prayer I spent. I deliver it. And once I've delivered it, I'm, I'm good with it. So I don't kind of get into all that. Like, ah, I just felt like the congregation didn't respond or I didn't hear anything or I didn't hear this. And I'm out on that. But then Monday you wake up and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> there's, 
we're six days away, guys. We're six days away. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's just the trucks keep coming. The mm-hmm. Sundays keep coming. And, uh, you know, and, and when you're the guy, you're the guy. So it is it is a battle. It is challenging. I do find, though, that podcast and talking to people and things like this. I mean, we spoke on the phone even yesterday, like just talking with people on the phone. I'm such an open processor, out loud processor. I need to I need to think through things out loud with people that are smarter than me. And that's why I called you doing things like that throughout the week. Man, it, it just makes me think. Yeah. And it makes me really get on a higher level of understanding. And so after I get off the phone with you, even if I'm just driving somewhere, now I'm in this unbelievable mindset where I've been fueled to figure something out. So I try to leverage that, try to figure out how to have those best conversations so that I can, you know, like you said, not necessarily have to be in a position to take a lot of time away or a sabbatical, but, but yeah, man, like you got to have a break. Yeah. You got to be able to figure it out. For our listeners, you might be in a spot where you're you're working a job right now and you're you're burned out or you feel like you're on the way to burnout, or maybe you're past it, you've already quit and now you're like, oh my gosh, now what? I also recognize that there might be some parents that are listening that are going, My job's not the problem. My I, I'm feeling burned out as a spouse. I'm feeling burned out as a parent, as a mom, as a dad. I just want to encourage you that there are some things that you can't take a sabbatical from. Right. There are some things you can't take time off from. And I hate to tell you that, but you're always going to be a mom or dad, or you're always going to be a spouse if you've locked into that. What I want to encourage you with is the the things that we've talked about, about being proactive, spending time alone with God, uh, making sure that you lead yourself well. It's important there too. Yeah. And um, you can be the best at your job and you can just work your tail off and you can survive and conquer burnout. But Mm -hmm. but you got to like, please, please, please don't get burned out at home. Right. Please don't do that. Lead yourself well there, too, and uh, have God guide you in that as well. And if you're getting to the point where you're breaking if you're getting to the point where you're like, I just, I can't do this anymore, then you need to go see someone. You need to yeah. go see a counselor, a Christian counselor, preferably, yeah. and you need to start getting some help because the one thing, like we said, it's a fight. We don't give up. We battle through, but the way that we fight is is not, we, we don't we don't fight by just leaving and, and making a better situation because that helps our feelings. Like we fight with scripture. We fight with what God has said about us. Uh, we fight with prayer. We fight with worship, and we'll help you fight yeah. if you're in those positions. And and whether it's work or whether it's at home, if if you're in or, or or whether it's your relationship, like if you're in those positions, we're not at a point where I can counsel you, where I could take an hour every week to talk to you. But if you want to send the show a message, we'll absolutely pray for you, and we'll absolutely reach back out yeah, and for it, sure. you know help help you any way we can. Um, but it's really important, I think from a Christian standpoint that we manage burnout in an appropriate way. And that's, that's just as important in the home as in the workplace. We want to make sure it's with integrity. We want to make sure if we do leave uh, the workplace that we leave well, and we want to make sure at home that we're always uh, making sure we're in a good place to lead. Yeah. 
Great way to end. I would say go to the Eyes on Jesus Facebook community. Let us know if you're comfortable talking about a story of burnout. Others will be able to hear that and be encouraged by it. Or if you're struggling with it or have ways to handle burnout that we haven't addressed, feel free to either reply to a post from this episode or start a new post. You can start a new post in there too and just keep it relevant to the show. And uh, we appreciate you all listening. And uh, like Drew said, email us. We're open. We will pray for you. We'll try to help you however best we can. We want this to be a community where we all keep our eyes on Jesus together. So until next time, go with God, grow in discernment, keep your eyes on Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show.